the Homeschool Loft Cast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. And today we're hanging out with Jenny's son, Noah, a 2019 history buff homeschool graduate who started his own podcasting and podcast production business when he was just 16 years old and has already published two books. You've heard from Noah before, of course, both as a guest and a co-host, and today we're here to talk to him about his young adult life especially something that I think began in earnest when he was co-hosting an episode with me a few months ago, during which we interviewed one of our Wisconsin State Representatives, Shay Sortwell. Noah was jazzed about the interview to begin with, and I saw a spark in his spirit as we chatted with Shay about political stuff afterward. Then the next thing I knew, and Jenny and her husband Joel knew, Noah was caught, had caught the political bug big time, and now he's running for Alderperson in the small city where he and I both live. Welcome back, Noah. Thanks, Tina. What an intro. It's <laughs> great to be back. It's great to have you here. Yes. Jenny, when's the last time you saw your son? He's so busy, you probably oh, never get to goodness, see him, Oh my right? goodness, it's little tiny intervals. <laughs> right? I know. This is the first time I saw him today. Wait, no, I saw you this morning. <laughs> yeah, briefly. I hadn't But sometimes had you go several days, yes, right? Because Noah's so busy. It's weird. Right? Yes, it it's is weird. weird. Yeah. Well, welcome. Thanks, Mom. It's good to be back. Great to be back at the homeschool loft. You know, know. this is a full circle moment because, as you said, Tina, the last time I was behind the microphone was with uh, Representative Sortwell. You know, that's right. And I saw your eyes light up, and I was like, "Uh oh, (laughs) (laughs) oh, that's funny." And it was a long talk because remember, I came in, you guys. Didn't even start recording yet. That was in what, when I July? It was August, August of 22 that we taped it, and then it dropped a couple months later. So, right. Yeah. Oh, and by that time, goodness. you were already in the loop of politics. But yeah, we'll get to that later. We'll get so, to that yeah. later, yes. That and here you are with the headphones on. With the microphone, you're ready to go. Yes. Podcasting. Yes. Tell us about it. You started podcasting at 16, Noah. I, I know that. Did. I did. <laughs> I know that too, but yeah. yeah. I did. I started podcasting at... 16, you know, back in 2018. And uh, here I am still doing it to this day. I mean, I've told this story so many times, but tell it again. You know, I just, (laughs) I am such an advocate of homeschooling. And I just look at my life and amid the stresses and the chaos, and I'm just so thankful for where I am. And I look at every good thing I have in my life. And I truly, truly attribute it to my homeschool education. Well, so podcasting at 16, tell us how. You did it because actually <laughs> I had never heard hardly anything about podcasting except from dad. Yeah. And then you, I didn't know anything about it, but tell us how, well, you tell know, our listeners. Well, you know, dad's started. a real estate Why? appraiser and I would drive around with him to appointments mm-hmm. um, and we'd listen to different business podcasts. And he said, you know, you should consider starting a podcast about history because that's what I'm interested mm-hmm. in. And I had hemmed and hawed for about two years and got the equipment for Christmas And then one day I just, next thing you knew, I was watching YouTube tutorials, started a podcast about (laughs) Vikings. Um, You know, the history of Vikings was the name of my first podcast because I wanted it to be a history podcast Mm -hmm. and I wanted it to be 
specific enough to focus on one era of history and Vikings were unique and they were interesting to me, especially at that time. Um, so yeah, bought the domain name, the history of Vikings for, you know, $11 on GoDaddy <laughs> and, um, started the first, started the podcast. I just started cold emailing guests, you know, telling them, Hey, I'm starting this podcast. I'm a great fan of your work. My first guest was Caroline Larrington, the professor of medieval literature at Oxford university. Wow. And, um, and she opened a lot of doors for me and introduced me to some of her other academic colleagues, had a lot of great interviews and, uh, yeah, I got to write a book because of that. Wait, were you to... nervous about just <laughs> calling these people? Cause that, that's a thing, right? Yeah. Aren't homeschoolers generally really timid and shy? And I mean, nervous? I had had yeah, so much I mean. experience and it's one of those things where you don't think about it when you're doing it, but yeah. looking back, um, I had had so much experience interacting with adults already. Okay. You know, yeah. thanks to my homeschooled education. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was going to say, it's kind of a, what if you can't really say, but do you think you could have done that had you gone to conventional school? Yeah. Uh, and you may have because you're very outgoing. So it's kind of hard to say, I think. But It's hard to say, but I would I would lean on no. Hmm. I would lean on no because even for the years when we were at a classical Christian private school, I mean, that school at the time was like half homeschoolers. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, like half, <laughs> I mean, yeah, half, half of. of the enrolled students were part-time homeschoolers that took one or two classes there. Right. And I mean, the headmaster, you know, his <laughs> wife was even still homeschooling at yeah. the time. So, um and I was only there for all of two years. So yeah. Yeah. It was the perfect environment. It was the perfect atmosphere back home for you mm -hmm. to be able to do that. It was just God's perfect timing. Yeah. Right. It was. Cause I wonder even if you were not 16, it seems like as we grow, I don't know. I think we lose some of our courage with some mm. things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you're younger, it's just a lot easier just to, yeah. you know. Yeah. When yeah. you want it so bad when you're young. I mean, for me, I. Yeah. You don't overthink it. I'm you a two-time college dropout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just because it wasn't, it was not that you failed, right? No. It's just it was boring and not relevant, Well, right? that's it. It's like, it's <laughs> ding, like ding, sometimes ding. you have to go down these, these rabbit holes or this maze of life only to find a dead end and realize that's mm -hmm. not the way. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that whole time that I didn't want to go to college. Mm -hmm. So in the back of my mind, that was always a thing when I was doing this pod, this podcasting journey yeah. is, oh man, I, I wish that I could come up with an excuse so as I don't have to go to college, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like I could do something or make an income yeah. or do something where I don't have to get a college degree and, um, you know, spend four years of my life in an institution, really. Or accruing debt, right? Accruing debt, exactly. So And so that actually brings us to now because I think, do you still have a podcast that you actually do your, on your own? I do. Okay. I have a few of them. Okay. Because you're like in podcast production now and that's how you make your living, right? How Correct. did How did that come about from having a podcast? Yeah. Um, so yeah, in full transparency, I started a show, The History of Vikings. It was a history podcast. It was successful. It grew to 50,000 listeners a month in the first five months. Um, and I just found out that I had this knack for marketing and growing audiences and that sort of stuff. So within the history world, that opened some opportunities to you know a book deal and um, some other things like that. But you know, I got to travel to Europe and that was cool. Um, but then I, you know, I had kind of entered the business world. It started with a marketing agency. Um, actually, backtrack. There was a there's a freelance website out there called Upwork, and it's the biggest freelance website yes. in the world. Hmm. 
and um, I had created a profile on Upwork and um, just kind of like, you know, put myself out there as this podcast producer slash, you know, growth expert for hire. And I was on there. For, and they didn't know how old you were, I bet. <laughs> they didn't. And I was on there for I was on there for two months and I had already gotten so many clients and completed so many projects successfully and gotten so many good ratings and reviews from past clients that I was in Upwork. Oh, I don't even remember the exact name. It was like Upwork Plus or Upwork Pro, which is the top 5% of all freelancers on the platform. Oh and it's the biggest freelance platform in the world. I mean, even companies like Google will hire some of their uh, contractors from there. Wow. So I started on Upwork. Um, shortly after that, I got a full-time job with a marketing agency. Um hated it, left after two months because I realized that I wanted to be able to set my own schedule, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, have time freedom, financial freedom, that kind of stuff. Um, and then after that, I started just building relationships with people, mm -hmm. you know, um, getting referrals from the people I had done good work for. I had put together some strategies for growing my network, mainly through hosting podcasts and mm -hmm. building relationships with guests. And a lot of times my guests and I would build such good relationships and have good, such good rapport, they would end up becoming clients of mine. Mm. Um, you know, so that, I mean, and the rest is history really, you know, here I am still doing it. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah. Tell and, us about these yeah. books. That's a, that's <laughs> a thing because being your mother, <laughs> well, I remember back when we used, um, a certain Did curriculum. Noah like writing curriculum? Uh, <laughs> I mean, when it was all about history, we yeah. used Andrew Pudua's, um, IEW. Yeah, IEW. Right? And I used that for a little while too. Then my girl said, can we just, now we know the basics, can we just write? Yeah. Yeah. And and it was a good layout for all yeah. of us. I think even for me, I have to say, it really mm -hmm. kind of just put the things in order. It's not, you know, you didn't really protest against it no. or anything, but um, I think there was, we always kept history as the main. We did. We really and did. And I think that, mm -hmm. so tell us anyway, you end up writing how many books? Two of them. So Tell far. us all about so it. Far. <laughs> so far. So far. Um, yeah. So the first book I wrote in 2019, and it was it's called The Poetic Edda, A Study Guide. And it's basically a, a Cliff Notes or Spark Notes, um, like, honestly, like 100-page. It's a 100-page study guide, just like you'd like go to Barnes & Noble and pick up a Spark Notes book. Mm -hmm. But I wrote it for uh, something called The Poetic Edda, and that is a collection of medieval Icelandic poetry because uh, why not? Because why not? Right? You know, um, so it was basically <laughs> nobody else had done it. So. <laughs> it's true, and it's so I mean, you know, it's basically these obscure, like detailed, fascinating, hard to understand sometimes pieces of medieval Icelandic poetry, and I'd basically <laughs> written a study guide for it. You know, what does this all mean? Right. Um, so that was the first book. Then mm -hmm. um, I self-published it on Amazon, and you know. It, did pretty well and a lot of good reviews and that kind of stuff. But then I, during COVID, had gotten a book published by Osprey Publishing, mm -hmm. which is a really big name in military history books. And that was a book um, basically comparing a Viking warrior and a Frankish warrior, which would have been basically one of the uh, military infantrymen of Charlemagne and kind of like mm -hmm. mainland Europe during the Viking age. So it was, the book is called simply Viking warrior versus Frankish warrior. Um, and it's basically a compare and contrast book about two warriors in the middle ages. Um, and that's that book. So, and that, mm. 
published last year in 2022 in April. Um, and I wrote it over COVID. So. Yeah, we'll be able to, you'll be able to purchase these books, you guys. Yeah, and you should. What a clickable thing because <laughs> honestly, well, and I'm just here to tell you, even just, let's talk about the Viking thing. I mean, I never knew anything about Vikings at all. And it really, or or history, if we go really, <laughs> if we go really far back, I never had the interest. But here's this young wee one who the Lord just created him with that interest and that passion. And so really I learned every single thing that I know about history <laughs> through Noah's passion of history. Yeah. And Vikings especially. For I sure. that and that is just a little niche that's so oh, fascinating. Yeah. But yeah. All right. So we're gonna keep moving forward. Yep. Yeah. I know you had some interest in politics before Shea Sortwell showed up on the scene. Yeah. So when you think back to your childhood or whatever, when did you kind of start getting that interest and why? You know, I, I mean, I've always loved history. That's been my big thing is yeah. history. And I love the United States of America. I'm proud to say that. I think it's the greatest country on the planet, not without its flaws. Um, but I'm proud. I'm a proud Wait, American. stop. You know what's really happening right now in my mind? Proud to be <laughs> an American. Yeah. I, off tune, but okay, go on. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so studying the history of the United States kind of, you know, like made me understand its relevance in the world today. Mm. And, um, you know, I just kind of, I mean, to me, politics and history are so interconnected. Mm. Yeah. Um, and like they go hand in hand. Yeah. So that's what got me into politics at a young age. I mean, when I was a teenager, I was, um, I was kind of interested in politics. I mean, you know, I watched the news and that kind of stuff. Um, but really like my passion lies in local politics and that to me is a whole different ball game than sure. what you see on CNN or Fox news. Um, I don't watch CNN. <laughs> Neither do I. I'm not watching Fox these days either, but anyway, yeah. I digress. You know, we don't watch TV. That's at all. a swear word here. No. no. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'd always had kind of an interest in politics. I'm, I love it because I love history, mm -hmm. but um, more than that, I love my community. I love De Pere, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, the city in which I'm running for city council. Which is kind of a suburb of Green Bay, Wisconsin, for those not local, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, a suburb, yeah. a city of about 25,000 people. Yeah. Outside of Green Bay. Right. Yeah. And I'm born and raised, born and raised, literally have not lived in any other city yeah. than De Pere in my entire life. Except for what, two months you lived with your parents when they moved to Green Bay? I that's, can't even say true. he really lived there I know, at the time. Yeah. I know. He was already It doesn't really count, but right. yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, we were in limbo. You don't want your time. opponent to say, wait a minute, Noah, Noah just lied because yeah. you were out of Depeer for a couple of months. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll be honest. That's true. His, yeah. his clothing boxes were at our house. <laughs> right. That's it. I kept he was my actually, stuff there. <laughs> he was actually in Depeer actually doing a theater production at the time. At oh, that's true. The so Depeer Theater. So really he was there the whole time. Right. Exactly. But, you know, and I don't know if I could run for a political office in a city that I don't love as much as I do to peer. You oh, know, sure, it, sure. for me, it's not about the politics. Mm -hmm. It's truly, and this sounds cliche, but it's truly about the city and the people and being mm -hmm. a voice for the people of the district. Yeah. I mean, that's what I love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, well. Next thing you know, we have this interview booked with Representative Shea Sortwell, <laughs> and um, I sat out on that one. You, I think you and Joel were on a trip. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so Noah yes. came to sit in and co-host with me because I've known we Shea really, for yeah, some time. I remember I was here, though, but I must have had something. I had yeah. something because I poked my head and you guys were here, but yeah. 
Nevertheless, Shay's here, and it's Tina, it's Shay. It's Noah. It's Noah. <laughs> Tell us about uh, what was it, Noah, at that point that, um, you know, during and after our inter- interview, mm-hmm. you guys were talking, you talked, right? Right. And there What was, lit your fire? Yeah, there was a fire. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know- so I, as you know, Tina, I was very much looking forward to that interview. <laughs> you did tons of research. So the fire was kind of lit before yeah, that. Absolutely. You know, I knew that. Yep. You told me you did a lot of research. Well, and for me, but... what it was, was, um, you know, like I knew that Shay was active in legislation that applied to homeschoolers. And for me, that really meant a lot. I was like, wait a minute. Like, you know, you hear about organizations like HSLDA and you hear about things every once in a great while, but no, like there are actually, you know, state senators and representatives coming up to bat Mm -hmm. for the homeschooling community. Yeah. Um, you know, in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And that really opened my eyes to, wow, like politics does impact our daily lives Mm -hmm. in such a great way. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had done a ton of research on Shay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was so great talking to him here. Um, I mean, I have so much respect for the the man just in terms of who he is as a person. Um, so, I mean, you know, I had him, you know, he was here, uh, interviewed him with you, Tina. And then after that, we kept in touch and I helped him with his campaign for reelection. Uh, he won 59% of the vote in 2022 and i was you know proud to be a part of that team Mm -hmm. um knocking doors dropping lit putting up signs (laughs) all the above (laughs) dropping lit um and i i proudly say that i am a graduate of the shay sortwell campaign school shay has (laughs) mentored a lot of you know people who are now in public office and god willing i'll be one of them yeah, on April fifth. Yeah. Yes, you will. Twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. In case exactly. you're listening to this in twenty twenty six, he's probably already in. But yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, what are some of the things that you did in the Shea Sortwell Campaign School? You know, it's interesting because um, you know a lot of people think about politics and they think about you know getting out the vote. Right? You have somebody that's running for office. How do they get out the vote? Um, is it billboards? Is it signs? Is it Facebook ads? Is it mailers? Is it newspaper ads? And one of the things that I truly learned is it. the fascinating thing about politics is that it's so relationship driven. Mm-hmm. While we live in the age of the internet, yeah. statistically, the best way to win votes is actually by knocking on people's doors. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. statistically, that is literally more effective than Facebook ads, than mailers, than billboards. Still. Still. Wow. People contact. P- exactly. Right? You know, the thought that somebody took time out of their busy schedule to come to your door, knock on the door, and say, hi, my name is Noah. I'm helping out my friend Shay Sortwell. Have you heard of Shay before? Oh, no, I haven't heard of him before. Well, he's your state representative, and he's up for re-election. Um, if I may ask, what issues are important to you in this election? Yeah. You know, and you make it all about the voter, and it's basically you're coming to someone's door, and you're not pitching them. You're yeah. listening, mm-hmm. you know? I wanted to take some time to come up to your door as a resident of the district and see what concerns are important to you Mm -hmm. and how those align with our candidate, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I knocked a lot of doors for Shea Sortwell, hundreds of them. Mm -hmm. um, And that was an experience. (laughs) Let me tell you, if you have social anxiety or, (laughs) (laughs) or, um, never mind that you called Oxford university and asked to, yeah, that was on the phone. That was on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Email, but yeah. Email. (laughs) 
even better. But <laughs> if you have if you have social anxiety or anything like that, or you're afraid of rejection, let me tell you, by knocking on people's doors, that's going to go away really fast. Mm-hmm. I've I've joked, or it'll get worse, or it'll get yeah. worse. I've joked with friends of mine in politics, you know. By the time this election's over and I have mm-hmm. more time to focus on the business, I'm probably going to close more sales than I ever have in my entire <laughs> life just because I talk to people yeah. and, yeah. you know, I'm really working that muscle. Um, but yeah, I helped Shay with that, you know, got him a lot of sign locations. I mean, there's so many like just behind the scenes stuff. Politics, like I said, is so relationship driven. Mm-hmm. So it's about collaborating with other people, working on that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. opening doors where you can, you know. I mean, Shay has his relationships, but I have mine too that I yeah. built with local, you know, stakeholders, um, you know, on his behalf and that kind of stuff. So that was a great learning experience. Mm-hmm. And I built so many great friendships um, in this last cycle in November of 2022, the midterms uh, campaigning. Um, and fortunately, you know, those relationships have carried into the spring election. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I did. Yeah. Well, how, what office did you choose to run for and why that one? I know you kind of maybe said it already, but how does one even know? I mean, I think that's the thing, right? right? Yeah. How do you know? Because I bet you Shay was talking to you about, yeah. you know, once you expressed interest, right. like trying to figure out what would be a good thing to enter into this right. realm with. Well, that's exactly right. You know, um, when you choose to run, you know, when, when you're considering getting involved in local politics, there are truly different offices you could seek. You could seek a, um, you know, a city council seat or a village board or town board, you know, village trustee, town board, however it goes. Right. Um, whatever you, whatever type of municipality you live in, you could do a county supervisor. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm forgetting things too. There, there's a lot. Well, public school board, right? Public that's school a, that's boards, a local That's a big position, one. Position, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just getting involved. They're, they're not going anywhere, so the positions are, <laughs> I, are I, there. Right. Let me just interrupt you to say, so many of us, just the word politics, um, you know, we're not a a world of researchers these days. People just, you know read headlines and stuff, but like knocking on the doors and talking with people, Mm -hmm. I can see just right away, it just brings it right back home. Like here's a person ran for this seat because they care about this one thing. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. even then you've heard people say their problems to you right there at the door. hundred (laughs) percent. hundred percent. Right away. They just say, and I love that because Mm -hmm. I, I probably was that the best door knocking, the best door knocking moments are when you knock on someone's door and what I always say at the door is, uh, knock, knock, knock. Hi, I'm your neighbor, Noah. I live on Beaumere Street, and I'm running for DePere City Council. Just wanted to stop by to see if you had any thoughts or concerns related to the city. And I'll get varying <laughs> answers. I yeah. mean, sometimes it'll be, uh, well, yeah, how about that bridge they were supposed to put in 50 <laughs> years ago? Or, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, you know, we have a, you know, a drug house right across the street yeah. or something. Or, yeah, people are always speeding down my street. Or... Um, I mean, there's just so many different things and the best moments are when somebody just opens up to you and I'm sitting there nodding my head and smiling and I don't get a word in edgewise and they talk for 10 minutes and I say, um, we don't, as a matter of fact, ma'am, if I were elected, uh, ensuring our taxes are minimized are, is one of my highest priorities. And they go, Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that, you know? (laughs) And then you say, um, would it be all right if in a month or so I put a sign in your yard? Yeah, put one, put one up. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you're yeah. a real person, 
in the community who yes. equally has a desire for good things and change. Yeah. What seat is it that you are running for? Uh, De Pere City Council. Yeah. District two. And what so. what does that entail? So, um, so city, so the city of De Pere, about twenty five thousand people. It has uh-huh. a city council of eight alder persons, alder person and city council member. Same, same term yeah. can be used interchangeably. Uh, the city of De Pere, eight seats. I'm running for one of them. Um, city council. Those are basically that's the body of people that work closely with the mayor to vote on you know, mainly city budget issues. They're the ones that approve or deny drafts of the city budget. Um, really, you know, they're kind of a, the job of an older person is to be a liaison between a constituent and city staff. Mm-hmm. So if you had an issue with, um, you know, snow removal or, you know, garbage pickup or leaf pickup or something like that, you could certainly contact your older person and they would basically be, they're supposed to be your advocate mm-hmm. uh, with the city, okay. you know. So it's that kind of stuff. I mean, it's also, you know, it, a lot of it comes down to budget things. You know, yeah. how much money does the police department get? How much money does, you know, the, the parks get? You know, yeah. um, which park is going to be updated, you know, in this next budget cycle? Um, you know, is a new swimming pool going to go in here? Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's that kind of stuff. Yeah. So why did you choose alder person instead of county board or school board or something like that? So, um, yeah, that's a good question. So first of all, the county supervisor positions are not up in 2023. They're up in 2024. So that was out. And I knew I wanted to get in. You know, I had talked. I was like, <laughs> I think I even said it to you. I'm like, well, yeah, five years is a good goal. In five years, I could run for office. And then I realized that, okay, like everyone in local politics is just a normal person. Like <laughs> yeah. they're not celebrities. They're yeah. not, you know, millionaires or anything. I mean, we're just people who care about our communities getting involved. So I thought, let's just do it now. Mm-hmm. Let's just do it now. I can put my life on hold to do this. Um, so I chose to Pier city council because it was at a, lo- at such a local level. And that meant a lot to me. I mean, I love, love, love to Pier. Um, I think it's the greatest city in the country. <laughs> I do. And um, no hyperbole there. No. Well, t- you have your De Pere shirt. Yeah, I do. We're sitting well, here all you know, the I've lived here Noah, for a year Noah's, and a half. And Noah's I, wearing yeah. his yeah. Um, black vest that yep. says Noah Tessner for De Pere. Tina has her De Pere shirt on, hoodie. And Joel in the other room, <laughs> Noah's dad, is wearing. No attest. So Jenny, you're the slacker here. I don't have my sweatshirt. A Green yet. Bay girl. I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we moved to Green don't Bay. You guys. Your mother. <laughs> I know, right? But I keep saying this. I know. I it's can't so believe funny. it. They, it's just seven minutes. People from, told me. People yeah. told me we should get shirts that say "Don't Green Bay my De Pere. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good one. I'd wear that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that is the best. Green Bay to De Pere a year and a half. Oh, and so many people do. Stop, yeah. So many people do. Yes. Um, I'm but, a De I was talking to somebody in your district. Last week, I'll yeah. tell you who it is off the air, um, <laughs> who said exactly that, though. She does not want De Pere to become, sadly, unfortunately, there are some problems in Green Bay right now, right? right? Let's right. just be nice about it, but that's the truth. Yeah. And that's she's going to vote for you, and that's one of her main Ooh, reasons. That's awesome. And she knows your opponent, but she's going to vote for you. Oh, that's Aww. good. That so, means a lot. so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and I love De Pere, and I love protecting it. And, you know, school board... Um, 
you know, it's interesting. Like we all know that the public schools, and I'm sure I'll get flack for this. Somebody will take this sound bite and twist it, but come at me. Bring it on, come at people. me, boys. Um, hey, when God is for you, nobody can be you against know, you. The public schools have their unique sets of problems. Um, and some of those I think are beyond repair. I really do. And 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 I honestly, and I love that we have good people running for school board. Mm -hmm. I'm a supporter. Just last weekend I was out, uh, lit dropping for a friend of mine who's running for De Pere school board. You should name her. Melissa Niffenegger for De Pere school Mm -hmm. board. So, uh, yeah, if you live in Ledgeview, East De Pere or Rockland, (laughs) vote Melissa, uh, on, Always in campaign mode. <laughs> on February 21st, uh, and then again on April 4th. Yeah. But anyways, so I love that we have good people running for De Pere School Board. But as a homeschool graduate mm-hmm. who mainly, I mean, homeschool graduate's one thing, but also doesn't have any kids of his own, I truly felt like, I mean, like, I don't think I'm qualified for that job. I'm just not. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure I could do some good on there, but um, I think that if you have, I don't have a vested interest Mm -hmm. in the public school system, whereas I do the city of De Pere. So that's why I didn't run for that. And the, um, you know, the obvious answer then was De Pere City Council. And um, the main thing, you know, in full candor is that it's a seat that is winnable. You know, like looking at the voter data statistically, um, looking at, you know, who my opponent is. I mean, it's a seat that is winnable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why, you know. Winning I, is not a bad thing. <laughs> no, it's not. So that's why, you know, we identified it and, yeah. you know, um, decided to to go for it. And yeah. I mean, this is the district, District 2, where I'm running in Southeast Superior. This is the district I grew up in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I was raised on South Michigan Street. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It, it really is going home. So yeah. yeah. What kinds of things did you have to do before you even declared that you were running for this position? You, the main thing I had to do was build up a cabinet of people to support me. Mm. You know, that was the big one. Um, introducing myself. It was, it was funny. So the, I started, I really started working on the campaign in September mm-hmm. and I remember that cause it was literally the week I got back from Iceland. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because you right. had to go and plug the Poetic Edda. And- I did. I <laughs> yes. did. Absolutely. I know. <laughs> the black sands of Iceland. Yeah, the black sandy <laughs> beaches. Um, so the big thing is building a network of people to support you. I mean, support you in every way. Um, and at the time, I this is my first time running for political office. I mean, I'm a business owner. Yeah. Um, and I'm fairly plugged into the De Beer community. Um, mm-hmm. But... What I did is I literally reached out to every single person I had the slightest connection with that was that was either in or ran for public office and mm-hmm. called them just to get their experiences. So I talked to multiple Green Bay alders. I talked to multiple DP or alders. I talked to people on Howard Swamico's school board. I talked to um, village presidents. I talked to our friend know, in Hobart. Vanya Kepke? Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. I talked to, um, you know, sitting representatives, state senators, I mean, past people that had served on city council, people who had even ran for like Green Bay School Board and lost. Anyone I knew, I called and I just said, thinking about running, tell me about your experience. Why did you run? What is your biggest pieces of advice? What was it like running? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, like, there's a huge emotional side to it and a mental yeah. side, you know, I mean, you're literally oh, yes. putting yourself, um, 
you know, on the edge of a cliff, you know, yes. and for the whole world Wide to see open. and judge, yep. Yep. um, you're opening the book of your life to ridicule, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, so that's what I did. And I had built so many connections with people that were willing to help. And, um, and I was super fortunate in that. So that was one of the things I had to do. Another thing I had to do is I had to kind of identify, you know, I had to create a campaign. What am I going to run on? Yep. Um, you know, who is my opponent? How does that factor into it? So a um, lot of phone calls, a lot of strategy. Um, and then, you know, December 1st was the first day that we could campaign legally. Um, you need 20 signatures to get on the ballot. Most you can submit is 40. And uh, my friend Sammy and I went out that morning at 9 a.m. We were out for a few hours. We got all 40 signatures in that day, dropped them off at City Hall, and been knocking <laughs> doors ever since. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of time involved. Yes. Would you say? Oh, yes. Have you hit any roadblocks during this period of time at all, would you say? Oh, yeah. Or run into any roadblocks? Oh, yeah. There's always roadblocks. Um, you know, the thing I'll say is, and, and anybody who's in local politics can testify to this, um, you know, we live in a really nasty um, polarized society. When it comes to politics, you know, you just turn on any major news outlet and it is mud flinging and backstabbing mm -hmm. and scandal. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, that absolutely happens at a local level. Oh, yeah. At really? a school board level, at a city council level. Wow. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you've been, you've had mud slung at you. Absolutely. And let me tell you. Who dare sling <laughs> mud at my son? <laughs> and let me my tell you one. that oftentimes... <laughs> Oftentimes, the most um, adversity you will face is from people within your own camp, mm -hmm. you know, whether that's a party that you're a part of or people that are, you know, on the same team as you. Um, and I've talked about this with people as well. It takes a weird person. To get involved with politics, like you have to be a well, homeschoolers little... are weird, so we are. Yeah, hey, keep exactly. homeschooling weird. Keep homeschool weird. That's exactly. Right. Normal's just a setting on the dryer. Exactly. Right. I like that. Yeah. Exactly. You have to, um, you know, you have to have something a little bit off with you in a good way or a bad way to do well in politics. Okay. Um, That's true. Is that so? You are memorable, right? Because the normal right. people aren't memorable. No, they're not. Okay. I mean, like, I think, like, I think takes... you have to have thick skin in a sense. You have to have right? thick skin. You have to be able to compartmentalize things. You have to be able to de-emotionalize things. Um, you have to have a really good work ethic. Mm -hmm. Like that's a big one. I mean, yes. who wakes up at 9 a.m. on a Saturday in the winter in Wisconsin when it's 10 <laughs> degrees, knocks on about 100 doors, you know, some of which people are going to be really rude to you. Not usually not. Usually people are, and I get that a lot. Are people mean to you at the doors? Usually not. Usually people are nice, but every once in a while you'll get somebody that likes your opponent better than you and knows yeah. exactly who you are, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, or some people are just blatantly, you know, rude and disrespectful. So, um, so yeah, there's been some adversity. There's been some politicking going on. I mean, um, you know, then of course, when you're facing your opponent, I mean, you know, politics is is a war in some way. It is it is like a military conflict. It is two sides mm -hmm. trying their darndest to win at something, doing if the opportunities present themselves anything in their power to prov to not only propel themselves forward but to trip up and deter the other person mm -hmm. from succeeding as well. Yeah. So, um, I mean, 
you know, that that's kind of just politics in general, but there's so much good too. Mm-hmm. There's so much. I love going to the doors and talking with people yeah. and it's really cool. You know, I mean, um, it, it's just really cool to be able to go somewhere and have people that you met at the doors remember you. Mm-hmm. I, it's just cool. Like yeah. I was at, uh, you know, a, um, you know, a restaurant the other day and I had somebody come up to me and he goes, um, uh, man, you look really familiar. And I did have my Noah Tetzner for DePere <laughs> vest on. And I said, he's like, aren't you running for something? And I said, yeah, I'm Noah Tetzner and I'm running for DePere City Council. He's like, yeah, I saw somebody dropped one of your flyers off at my door. Mm-hmm. And then he introduced himself and we had a conversation. And he's like, I'm always glad to see, you know, new people running because new people always have new ideas and that's what we need. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just the little, the little things like that that keep you going. Yeah, that's cool. And, like and the ones that mean a lot to me are when you go to someone's door and they say, um, you know, thank you for what you're doing for our city. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I've gotten a lot of people that'll say, I'll pray for you, you know. Um, the best one ever. Yeah, so. I'll pray yeah. for you. That's very cool. Wow. Um, all right. Should other homeschool graduates run for office? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I knew you'd say that, but. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I absolutely think you should. Um, you don't need to be a political junkie to do it. It is not a, the thing with local politics is it's more community based, you know, like when you, when you talk about local politics, like the city council race I'm running for, it's not Republicans versus Democrats. It's communities, neighborhoods. Right. Cause it's technically nonpartisan what you're doing. Correct. Right. Correct. I'm not yeah. a member of either political party. Absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, so I absolutely think people should get involved. It's such a good life experience. Yes. Um, and, and you can do some real good. You know, you can, I mean, like if you can impact the the makeup of your neighborhood by being yeah. in a local seat, um, and it's just a great way to meet people. It's a great way to serve your community. Um, I think everyone should do it. I would say the best, and a lot of people are overwhelmed at the fact of, how do I get involved with politics? I mean, you know, nobody knows who I am. How could I dream of running for city council? Um, I would say that if you first serve others, the rest will follow. You know, volunteer with other political campaigns. Meet people. Um, you know, knock some doors for other people, make phone calls for people, offer to do their social media, and you'll be able to build up a good network. And then, um, you know, generally speaking, most local elected officials do this anyway. So if you ask, hey, can we meet for coffee or something like that? Or can I schedule a 15-minute meeting with your office? Um, just, you know, sit down with them and say, hey, um, you know, I'm thinking about running. What are your thoughts? Um, or what advice do you have? Yeah. So I think homeschoolers should do it. I think homeschoolers are so uniquely fitted for local office. Mm. Um, so yeah. He's just a natural. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you just rolled through these questions like you had <laughs> seen them ahead of time, but you didn't. No. I, I thought of a new one that yeah. um, we don't have on our list. Okay. Are, are you able to actually still do your your paid job during this yes. time? <laughs> yeah. I am. It's pretty consuming, right? Yeah. So it's all consuming. It's all consuming. Um, but I am. I am. It's because uh, you not, have to keep the lights on. I do. Mm. Not gonna lie, it's uh, it's been a learning experience. The old, the whole multitasking thing, you know. <laughs> That's something that you only learn through experience. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, I was telling a, a friend of mine um, the other day, a political person that I work with, and I was going to where I was like, 
I was like, why do we do this? Like, why are we both so busy that we're like just running around like chickens with our heads cut off? I mean, we both work full-time jobs. We both own businesses. Um, We're both running for office and we're really working at it too. We both have families. I'm like, you know, but it's truly living. Like I'm never bored. I'm always on the edge of my seat. Like, man, it's just, it's a thrill, you know, when you're out there doing stuff and you're in the middle of it. You're you're kind of an adrenaline junkie. Is that what you're saying? I think so. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's interesting. So once you're in it, I know you had kind of mentioned, and I'm just going to head back here because like, so once you're in this and once your job, I suppose it won't be as intense as it is no. right now because, you know. Because you'll have regular time. meetings and Correct. things like that, right? Mm-hmm. But it'll settle in one. We're going to assume you get elected, right? Yes. We'll, we'll give an update after April. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, absolutely. And, um, you know, I've, I'm in such a good headspace with the whole city council thing because my thing is like, whether I win or whether I lose, the only thing I care about is being able to say on the night of the election before the results come in, man. I honestly wouldn't have done anything differently. Mm-hmm. I can honestly say I gave it everything I got. And if we lose, I can scratch my head as to say, I don't know how that happened, yeah. but it is what it is. Yeah. You know, that's all I care about. And it has been such a good experience that I will remember for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And you know, that's why I'm helping other people too. I mean, yeah. it's kind of, they say when you're a candidate, you shouldn't help other people. You should only focus on yourself, but that's my insurance policy. Um, you know, is if I don't get in, I want to be a team player and be able to say, well, yeah. I got another good person on the school board. Yeah. So, well, I also know that what, that, you know, those people is that's the opposite of Shea Sortwell school of campaigning. Oh, 100%. he's all about you help everybody. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Do you have any parting thoughts for us? Ooh, parting thoughts. I would just say to all the homeschool parents out there, you guys are, are heroes. You're doing God's work and keep up the the good work, you know, there's, there's no, there's no school like homeschool. And, um, yeah, I'm proud to be a homeschool graduate and, and so will your kids be one day as well. I would wholeheartedly have to say yes and yes and yes. I agree. Thank you so much for being our favorite listeners. I hope that, you know, we We all hope that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you were meant for such a time as this.